Hello, and welcome to the Vibrant Light Podcast, your home for uplifting faith-based commentary. Today, I will be discussing the Stonewall Riots and how the subsequent movement from that time compares to the Pride Movement that we see now. After a police raid at a gay bar on June 28, 1969, a series of violent protests erupted and the modern gay rights movement began. However, it must be understood that the gay rights movement of the late 1960s and early 70s is a much different animal than what we are seeing today. In fact, I would imagine that many so-called LGBTQ activists are not even aware of the Stonewall Riots. I wasn't until a woman I worked with who identifies as gay told me the history of Pride Month. And it was a really interesting conversation because that was when I first realized that Pride Month, as it is celebrated now, is really not being very respectful to the origins of Pride and what those individuals were fighting for. I also think knowing the history more, that referring to the month and the movement as, quote, Pride, which we as Catholics know as as a sinful behavior, is also a bit of a misnomer and disrespectful because it lacks the humility that I think exists among many same-sex attracted people I personally know who are not looking to be put on a pedestal, who are not looking to be celebrated simply for being who they are, but simply want to be able to move through the world without being harassed or arrested or fired from their job, which is something I think we all can agree on, that everyone has the right to those basic, the basic ability to live, regardless of how we feel about their personal lifestyle choices. Because look, we all live in sin. It's not up to any of us to judge someone or treat them differently because of a lifestyle choice. It is simply our role as Catholics and other Christians to respect everyone's God-given right to free will, to experience the world how they choose to experience it, and offering people space to live how they wish to live. And that doesn't mean we are condoning that behavior, and it certainly doesn't mean we have to participate in that behavior despite what society tells us. There is a middle road, I think I've mentioned before where a former employer of mine released a video talking about diversity topics, and there was a comment stating that they didn't like the word tolerance, that tolerance wasn't enough, that we have to be accepting. And that's that's just simply not true. I don't need a coworker or anybody else to accept my faith for themselves, and I don't need to accept anyone else's lifestyle as my reality. All we owe each other as people with opposing views is kindness and respect. And we can do that. We can be kind and respectful to each other without agreeing on every social and political issue and and without having to celebrate each other. And with when these issues come up, being tolerant is a perfectly reasonable and practical way for people to behave in mixed company. And if we choose to engage on controversial topics and and can do so in a productive way with somebody that we trust to have that kind of conversation, great. 
if having those but if having those conversations is going to cause a, a conflict and a breakdown in a relationship especially if we're talking about in the workplace or in schools then we can agree to disagree and focus on the things we have in common instead we don't need to be constantly you know diving into all of these controversial issues all the time and and when it comes to pride and i think we see it a lot in workplaces and and in schools there's just this real hard push uh, for people to to participate and and i I ran into that former coworker recently actually, and we were talking about this because she was saying she was not really looking forward to June this year because last year you know that she she really felt like the spotlight was put on her and and you know an email went out telling everybody to wear their pride wear and she was like no i'm not doing that i don't have pride wear like it's it's it was she felt i think like it was turning turning who she was sort of like into a caricature and into a costume and and that's not what she was looking for. She just wants to go to work and do her job and be treated like everybody else. So it's, you know, like I said at the beginning, this this need to, for the entire month of June, just re- to, to have this constant pride push and, and ignoring this history is not... I think it's being done more by activists than people who are actually affected. And individuals at the time of the Stonewall riots were struggling with same-sex attraction and gender and gender dysphoria. Those who, who were struggling were completely kept in the closet. As they say, there was no room for discussion about what those feelings meant or where they came from. They could be fired. They were often ostracized from their families. It was simply expected that if someone was having those types of feelings that they should just ignore them and shove them down and push them aside. And people were made to feel dirty and broken over something they felt like they didn't choose. They weren't being given support. And when we juxtapose that to what we're seeing today, where the gay pride movement has merged with the transgender movement and arguably has been somewhat taken over by the transgender movement, instead of fighting for equality and safety under the law, which even Pope Francis has spoken to as a, as a worthy cause, we now have a pride movement that is insisting on actually overtaking the rights of others, of demanding grown men to be able to go into the bathrooms and locker rooms with young girls, sneaking sexualized drag shows into schools with children, and coercing children into using a transgender identity as some sort of golden calf solution to all of their developmental anxieties. And I've spoken with many individuals who identify as gay, who are concerned about this aspect of, of pride too, who do not appreciate that this is the direction that their fight for equality has morphed into you know that it's got to this degree and those who are within this community who attempt to speak up against some of this more perverted behavior and the overtaking of sports for example are silenced and canceled and ousted from these people who feel they they get they define the community. I think of 
uh, Billie Jean King or J.K. Rowling who have spoken up against some of this this transactivism, especially with sports. But I will say that I do think things are changing where in one sport after another, we're seeing biological male athletes completely undermining Title IX and robbing female athletes of their ability to compete on a level p- playing field. And it and I do think it's changing with with uh, some of the female athletes that have spoken up thus far and seem to be gaining a lot of ground by preventing a complete takeover of female sports. And I, I think the reason it's it's been effective is and it's getting attention is because it it is such a concrete argument it, because it's it's just indisputable it's so obvious to any rational person that has ever stood up for wom- women's rights to see this for what it is and we can certainly pray that that energy will start to flow into other areas outside of sports as well Because there are a lot of people right now who have been sitting quietly on the sidelines, scared to speak up. And I think they're starting to feel like they now have an opportunity with some of what's been going on lately between the sports and and retail activism and and just one company after another going down this rabbit hole. (laughs) And, you know, with rainbow washing and... um, where people in the middle, you know, those who are just sort of trying to go along to get along have had it. And they just don't, people don't want it shoved in their face anymore. Even people who don't and haven't really had strong feelings about it up to this point are are just tired of it. And because it's become such a massive distraction to so many other things that we should be paying attention to. You know, when we think about the the addiction crisis and homelessness and income inequality and accessibility of healthcare i mean the selfishness is just unreal that the the with the amount of energy that these companies and these activists are putting into making this issue like it's the issue of our time and and taking over our children and using them as pawns in in their game it's just evil and from what i've seen from the individual from what i've heard from the individuals i've talked to within this community within the lgbtq community is a lot of them are very apprehensive and nervous and concerned about the messages being sent by the more activist side of the the pride movement and i think that's very important to be aware of too and and i want to be clear about that that those who are pushing the agenda, so to speak, really try to paint the entire community with this broad brush. And, um, and, and it's not accurate. And, and it's very important that we have an olive branch for those individuals to bring them into the fold of those of us who want to protect children and, and are trying to get things back on track as far as not having this be such an all-consuming aspect of our culture. There's an organization, for example, called Gays Against Groomers, and I'm just going to read from their website as to how they describe themselves. It says, 
Gays Against Groomers is a organization of gay people who oppose the recent trend of indoctrinating, sexualizing, and medical medicalization of children under the guise of LGBTQIA. I don't know what IA is. Plus our community that are just preached love and acceptance of others has been hijacked by radical activists who are now pushing extreme concepts onto society, specifically targeting children. The overwhelming majority of gay people are against what the community has transformed into, and we do not accept the political movement pushing their agenda in our name. They go on to say this includes drag queen story hours, drag shows involving children, the transitioning and medicalization of minors, and gender theory being taught in classrooms. The activists backed by school boards, government, woke media, and corporations have been speaking on our behalf for too long. When fighting for equality, our goal was to successfully integrate ourselves into society, but now these radicals aim to restructure it entirely in order to accommodate a fringe minority as well as seek to indoctrinate children into their ideology and it goes on from there um you know i i I recommend certainly check out their website it it's um very powerful you know that they're the the verbiage that they use they're they use some very strong words they're very direct they don't tiptoe around they don't mince words they're very clear about how they feel and how they they feel that they're they're being misrepresented by individuals who try and paint this um how same-sex attracted people feel um as as being part of this broader pride movement and and they're really pumping the brakes and saying no you know this this is this is a whole different thing what you're trying to do that's 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 not us so i i do recommend checking checking out that organization because um you know we we need people like them as allies because the mainstream media and many politicians would would have you believe that these evil ideas are universally supported and approved by anyone who isn't a far-right extremist but that's absolutely not true and i think if we all sort of think about people who we know within our own lives we know that that's not true. You know, there are a lot of moderate, sensible people who are are who feel the same way. But if we don't start getting a little bit louder and being a little bit more of a squeaky wheel, then they're going to keep pushing and and we're going to see this continued creep into into their their world and and the dismantling of of what we hold dear because this isn't just about transgender rights you know a lot of these groups these activist groups and i first saw it with black lives matter when they came out with their tenets of what they believed which i think has since been deleted i haven't looked it up in a long time but they had kind of their bullet points of of what their their fundamental beliefs were and it it really was clearly not about keeping people of color, um, lifting them up and, and protecting them from corrupt police officers. The movement was about completely dismantling society and undermining the nuclear family and religion and capitalism and replacing it with communism. That's that's really the end goal for these groups. And And, you know, there was a time where that would have sounded conspiratorial to me, but 
they're they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're being very clear that that that's what they want. When you look at BLM and Antifa and and just look at what they say, I mean that's that's really the end goal here, and is complete government and activist control. And it's important for us to understand that and not get too distracted by these individual issues that are used as tools to get them there. And that's not to say this isn't a fight worth having. It is because we're talking about our children that are being put on the line. But we we just have to make sure that we're not missing the bigger picture, that this is about a lot more than pronouns and who get to who gets to use what bathroom. This is about separating parents from their children and making children state property like they are in China so that parents don't have rights or a say over how they raise their children. They talk a lot about how people on the right don't want them to exist and want them to disappear. I call that classic projection because most sensible people I know recognize God-given free will and respect it and really don't care how a stranger chooses to identify. They, they are the ones who don't want us to exist, who want to take our rights away to live our lives the way we choose. So the silver lining here, you know, as I always say, I like to try and find the light is, I guess in a way, I'm grateful for what these retail corporations have done over the last few months. Bud Light, Target, Kohl's, um, these very telling uh, videos that Dylan Mulvaney made for us because I've seen people I knew who thought I was overreacting, who were kind of indifferent, really starting to wake up and realize that this isn't a real issue, not just something that, you know, uh, housewives or Christian housewives are freaking out about. Because I think up until now, if when I think of the awareness of amongst people I know, I I feel like parents, uh, especially Christian parents, were very, very tuned into this. But people who didn't have kids in the schools it wasn't they weren't really seeing it the way I think parents were seeing it so I'm now seeing a lot more engagement and awareness um now now that it's it's sort of blown up into the the retail space and 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 the way the brands are and retailers are handling it and people are are starting to wake up and see how much it's these ideologies have taken over local government policies and not just with public schools but even broader than that how how money is being appropriated and and what projects are being done and how this issue has really snuffed out the ability for especially schools to deal with the other issues they need to be dealing with particularly still coming out of the the impacts of covid my local public high school is having a pride event with a drag queen and they're paying for all of it with COVID money. (laughs) Now, we know there are still children who are behind academically. There are children who are struggling with a variety of mental health issues. There are addiction issues affecting students and their families that were exasperated by COVID when sobriety meetings were not available. But they're going to take COVID money and use it to pay for a drag show and a pride event. Are you kidding me? I mean, where's the, how do they justify that? But again, finding the light. (laughs) Sometimes God works in mysterious ways and not that I'm happy about that happening, especially at a school with children, but bigger picture, it seems like 
when I think of everything that's gone on over the last few months, you know, including what happened in the retail space, I it's almost like it needed to get to that level for the people in the middle to draw a line in the sand. And even if they're not saying it publicly, they're saying it with their, their pocketbooks. They're not shopping at Target for a while or they're not ordering Bud Light at a restaurant. The, the proof is in the pudding. These companies are seeing it in their numbers. They're seeing it in their sales. So there are a lot of people out there who, yeah, maybe they don't want to be the squeaky wheel, you know, and they might feel intimidated to signal a boundary as far as what they're not willing to to tolerate, but they can quietly shop at a different retailer other than Target. They can drink a beer other than Bud Light. And I think these companies are maybe a a little bit caught off guard because they're so in their own worlds that they're maybe realizing that they've been catering to a vocal minority and not really representing how most people feel, how most people want to live their lives because the vocal minority is is being overrepresented. So that concludes today's episode of the Vibrant Light podcast. I hope it wasn't too gloom and doom. I get fired up about this and I, I try not to talk about it too much because I I do feel like I get <laughs> fired up and, and I and I don't want to hurt people. You know, there's there's a lot of people within this community that I love and care about, but um you know, there, there are some lines that have been crossed and, and it's important that we talk about it, especially when, when it affects our children. I think if this was just adult behavior, I, I don't even know that I would address it. But with, with what's going on with our children and in schools right now, it's, it is something that as much as I'm sick of talking about it, we do have to talk about it. And, you know, like I said, always trying to find the light. I think the big takeaways for me this week are... You know, like I said, people in the middle, people who have been quiet on the sidelines are finally stepping up and taking some action and that we do have allies within the gay community and that these pride activists, I I don't know how how to term them, but that um, there's a lot of diversity of thought you know, within this, within this community. And, and we definitely have, especially when it comes to protecting the kids, um, you know, allies within that community who are not, not on board with this stuff. So I think it's important when we're talking about these issues to not alienate those people. And, and when we speak about it, just be mindful of that and how we talk about it, that we're using language that, is um, really focusing on who the perpetrators are and and not overstating it to the broader um, community. So again, thank you for listening to the Vibrant Light Podcast. Any feedback, comments, questions, or concerns, you can email me at vibrantlightpodcast at outlook.com. Thank you. Mm-hmm.